0: How's everybody doing tonight? One week till camp meeting, can you believe it? I mean, it seems like camp meeting comes and summer's just about over. And we're already a week week away. It's going to be a great week. Got a lot of great uh, speakers lined up. And, you know, every year is, like, like Pastor Bill said, you know, what you put into it, you're going to get out. And so, you know, decide, make a decision ahead of time what you're going to be able to do. I want to, here on July the 5th, Wednesday night, I was honored to preach, and I talked about knowing God. And I want to pick up and say some more things about that. Let me review just a little bit. I will start by going to John chapter 17, and let's read verse 3. God wants us to know him. He wants to be known. He has revealed himself to us. In His Word. What there is to know about God is found through His Word. Amen. You know, if you have an experience, some folks, you know, have experiences and they, they, they want to make their decision about God through an experience. But if your experience doesn't line up with the Word of God, then it wasn't a God experience. Amen. And you know, some people, well, they say, well, the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to glorify Jesus and He's not going to disagree with God's Word anyway. And so the number one way we get to know God is through His Word and what the Word of God says about, uh, about Him. And then we're going to look at something tonight that I think we know. These aren't new things, but uh, uh, again, going back to, to uh, something that I was taught when I was at school by Brother Hagan, and I heard him say it over and over again, Kenneth E. Hagen, Pastor Hagen's father, was that we have to go beyond just uh, a re- our relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ and develop a living, thriving relationship with God the Father, as our as our heavenly Father. And you know, uh, thinking about fatherhood, thank God that for all the good fathers that there are here on the earth. But it's kind of like this, you know, the, the, in 2 Corinthians chapter three, it talks about the glory that Moses saw, you know, on the mountain, and he came down and had to cover his face. And the Bible says, but that glory isn't even really to be called glory and cannot be compared to the glory of the new covenant, of the ministry of the Spirit of God. And so really, thank God for all the fathers, but you know, Jesus made a statement and said, if you be an evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your father is in heaven give good gifts unto you. How much more? Really, you know, anything good I've ever done as a father cannot be compared to the goodness of God as a father. Amen. And so I don't even look at an earthly father to get my revelation of who God is as a father. Because compared to God, amen, uh, it, it just doesn't add up. And so here John 17, three says, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Now Jesus is praying to God here. He's praying to the Father. And he says that they might know you, you, God, that this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God. We talked about knowing God, that how, how God has wants to know. Paul said that I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. We looked at, uh, in Isaiah chapter 5, it says that in verse 13, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. They had really rejected it. Hosea 4, 6 says there that uh, because you have re- my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, and again, they had rejected knowledge. But then we looked in Proverbs chapter 2, and we saw some things about uh, going after knowledge, pursuing knowledge, the knowledge of God, as if it was a treasure, and we listed some things there. And then finally, we talked about Ephesians chapter 1, Paul's prayer that we might have a spirit of w- wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Amen. But tonight, I want to talk specifically uh, along these lines about the fatherhood of God God, our father. Father God. Amen. Mungu Baba in Swahili, since you hadn't needed to know that. God, our father. Go to John chapter fourteen, if you would please. I'm going to be reading from the King James Bible tonight, because after all, that's if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. <laughs> no, I just that's my my translation that I've always used since I got born again. Hallelujah! Forty three years, man. I was dressed, I was driving down the road the other day, and somebody oh Mac Powell has a song. Have you heard it? 1991. Have you heard that song? about how when he got saved, as an 18-year-old, it's a song about him getting saved, going to the altar. And I got to, I'm driving down the road here the other day, and I'm crying. I'm trying to figure out, how could I work my date into that song? but It doesn't work. It's, it's just not, it's not, uh, but I just got to thinking 43 years ago, June 30th, 1980. My goodness. And the best decision I ever made in my life Accept Jesus. How many would you testify with me? Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. John 14 verse six says this. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the father, but by me. If you had known me, you should also, you should have known my father also from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Everybody say, I know the father. Notice he said, you know him. And have seen him. And well, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it will suffice us. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you and yet you have not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How do you say then, show us the Father? So if we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. To see him. So one of the ways that God has revealed himself is that he sent Jesus, his son, to reveal the Father to us. Now, it's interesting that throughout the, uh, the Gospels especially, especially uh, in the Gospel of John, really big time, Jesus talks about God as his Father, but not just his Father. He talks about your Father, speaking to us, your Father, which is in heaven. Now, the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, and, they didn't get upset about that when he said your Father, but he, they did get upset when he called God his Father. He called him My Father. And when they called him, he said, you're making yourself equal with God, calling him your father. Well, he'd spent a lot of time talking, about, talking to them about God being their father. Amen. You know, that just tells you some people, they're just going to hear whatever they want to hear. Praise the Lord. But look what he says in verse 10 now. believe, believe thou not, or do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Very, verily I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. So, in one way, we can say this the greatest revelation of the Father is to watch Jesus and listen to Jesus. He made statements like, he said, I don't, the words that I speak are not my own. They are the Father who sent me. The works that I do are not my own, but the Father in me, he does the works. All right? Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 1. Well, go to Matthew 11 first. I want to turn this, Matthew 11. I want to look at this first. Matthew 11. Now, not Mark 11, Matthew 11. I know some folks, they hear the word, they hear the number 11 and they automatically, you know... Go to Mark, but we're going to look at Matthew 11. Look what Jesus says here in verse 27. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knows the Son but the Father. Neither knows any man the Father save the Son, and to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Knowing the Father comes by revelation. Revelation. Revelation knowledge. Uh, you're not going to necessarily get to know God just by studying. It comes by revelation. You get to God, there's revelation that comes from the Word of God, obviously, by the Spirit of God. You remember when, when uh, Peter said, uh, uh, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God? Remember Jesus asked him, You know, who do men say that? And you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, You're blessed, Peter, son of Jonah. He said, For uh, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. My Father has revealed it to you. He came by revelation to him. It wasn't something that he just learned by studying. It wasn't any of that. He, he got it from God. But Jesus came to reveal the Father to us. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Now, when we talk about getting to know the Father, I'm not so sure, and and I'm, I'm really, am personally convinced that knowing the Father is going to take eternity. (laughs) Okay, I don't, I don't know that you know. I, I don't necessarily think I'm going to know all there is to know about the Father right now on this earth, but I'm going after as much as I can, getting to know Him. Now Hebrews chapter one verse one says, God. Who at sundry times and in divers manners spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Now notice, God has spoken to us in our day. How? By his son, who is the express image of his person. That's the same thing as Jesus saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, right? If you've seen me, you've seen the father. Let me say it another way. If you've heard me, you've heard the father. Jesus could have said that. Now, here's some things that uh, Jesus said about about God and a couple things I want to look at. Look at John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Now we know that uh, there's other scriptures and obviously (laughs) you can't preach all there is to know about God the Father in in two years of sermons. So (laughs) obviously I'm going to leave out a lot of different scriptures, but just go into some that I want to just emphasize tonight. John chapter 10, look at verse 29 and 30. Jesus said this, my father, which gave them me is greater than all. Say this, the father is greater than all. He's, he's greater than all the God, the father somehow in the Godhead yet one God, yet three persons. Somehow God sits as greatest of all. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians 15 says that when the last enemy, death's been put under feet, that Jesus who, who is going to turn and give all that God has given him in authority back to God, that God might be all in all, who the Father. All right. He goes on to say, I and my Father, he said, no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Ooh! Glory to God. I and my Father are one. Look at John chapter 14 again. Let's drop down to verse 28, then, when I want to back up a little bit and read some others. John 14, 28. You've heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you love me, you would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father. For my Father is greater than I. Notice that. Jesus talked about throughout the, especially John brings it out in his gospel. He said, I, I, I'm not coming. To, I'm not trying to get honor from anyone. I'm taking the honor that comes from God only. That's where the honor comes from. I'm not seeking after anybody else. I'm not looking for anybody to pat me on the back. I'm not looking for anybody else to say how great I was. I'm looking at the honor that comes from God only. Why? Because God is greater than all. Jesus had totally, totally submitted himself to do God's will and God's plan on the earth. Now, he said some things here about the Father here in this chapter. Uh, look at verse 16, back up here. And he says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now, interesting, I've got a note in my Bible next to that word comfortless. I look down here, and it says orphans or without a father. He said, God sent me here. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. I'm representing the father. And when I leave, the father's going to send someone else as his representative. And that's the spirit of God. And you're not going to be orphans. Hallelujah. Fatherless. In the earth. He goes on to say in verse 20. At that day you shall know that I am in my father. And you in me and I'm in you. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas, would not as scary, but ask how are you going to do that. Verse 23. Jesus answered and said, if a man loves me, he'll keep my words. The Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which has sent me. So let's look at some of these words of Jesus. Let's look over in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Now remember, Jesus said, the words that I speak are not my own, but the Father's who sent me. And so Jesus tells, some folks call this a parable. I don't think it's a parable because he said a certain man had two sons. But this is, he's talking here. uh, He's using a natural story to reveal a spiritual truth. All right. But here we know one of the things that Jesus came to do was to reveal the father to us. Because he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. If you've heard me, you've heard the father. He didn't say that specifically, but he said, if he said, the words that I speak are not my own. So these are words that Jesus spoke. So these are the words of the father right here. Luke 15, verse 11, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. So right, right now, let's start right there and let's talk about the father here. This, this parable or this story here is not about a prodigal son. It's not about a religious older brother. It is about the loving father. Now, all those other things are in there. But but to me, the subject of this entire uh, section of scripture is about the father. And this father represents God. All right. So he says, notice here, first of all, that the father is a giver. His son came to him well, how many of you are sons or daughters of God? He came and said, give me that which belongs to me. And God, he didn't question him. He didn't say, well, you know, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. You're not doing all these things. Not, and I'm not saying anything against living right and doing right, but I want you to know that God is a giver. And so he divided unto them, his living. Notice it says them, not just the one that asked. Quit getting jealous of what your brother or sister in Christ has been blessed with by God. God has your portion also. See, to get jealous means I don't, try, I don't know God as my father. I don't know how good he is. I don't know him well. Because I'm jealous. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you this. In the family of God, there are no victims. Let me say that again. In the family of God, there are no victims. God hasn't victimized any of us. He's made us victors, victorious. Now keep reading here. Not many days after the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riot riotous, not righteous, (laughs) riotous living. In other words, what does it mean? He's playing the fool. And when he spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And we, he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say, to, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. Now, I want you to notice this that it was the son who made that statement I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Now, let's see what happens. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Here's another great, great characteristic of the father God. Your father, your father is compassionate. He's compassionate. Now, compassion, how many of you saw how many times Jesus was moved with compassion? Compassion is different than Pity. Pity can feel sorry for you, but compassion sees something and has to do something about it. All right. He had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now I want you to notice he ran to him. Evidently he was still was out there looking for him. Ran to him, hugged him and kissed him before he was cleaned up. Come on now. Before he was all cleaned up. I'm telling you, God, God is love. How many of you have heard that in the scripture, right? God is love. But to have a revelation of of love, we got to understand who God is, how God is our father. Because that's what that love comes out of. He's a, he's a loving father. You know, some people, sometimes people read scriptures and they say, that talks about that God is a jealous God. What does that mean? Over his children. You're not going to mistreat his children and get away with it. He's a father. Amen. Now see, he he loves everybody unconditionally, but you better watch out because if in order for him to love one of his children and you're trying to do harm to him, you might get the other side of that love. amen. Let's keep reading here. And the son said, father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son, now remember this man had two sons, right? And the and the father divided his inheritance to both of them. They both got their inheritance. And in fact, in the society of the time of Jesus, the elder son would always get the bigger inheritance. And so he got but he got his, but let's just for argument's sake say they got equal, it doesn't matter what they got. He got his inheritance too. Now this elder son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house, heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, your brother's coming. Your father has killed the fatted calf because he's received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated and him. And, he answer, and answering said to his father, lo, these many years do I serve you. Neither transgressed I at any time your commandment. Yet you never gave me a kid that I might, or a goat or cow, that I might... Make merry with my friends, but as soon as this your son, who was come, which has devoured your living with harlots, you have killed for him the fatted calf. Now let's stop right there. I want you to notice something here about this elder son. If if you're not careful, you can become the elder son, sitting in judgment of your brother and sister. Amen. Now I want you to notice what happened here. The father thought his son was what? Dead. He didn't know where he was. But his older brother knew where he was the whole time and never did anything to go help him and never told his father. Never went to his father on his behalf. Never went. Why? Because he knew he was out there wasting wasting his living with harlots. He knew what he was doing. Probably knew where he was the whole time. Never did anything about it. Dear Lord, we cannot... We have got to stop being the older brother. Here's the other thing. The father said, son, he said, wait a minute. Everything I have belongs to you. If you want to have a party, it's all yours anyway. Have yourself a party. It all belongs to you. Here's another thing about that elder son. He spent all that time working for his father and he never got to know his father. And if you don't know your father, you don't know what belongs to you. And you don't know really the freedom that you have. He could have had a party every day if he wanted to, right? Father said, it all belongs to you anyway. I've given it to you. No, we can't be that way. But look at the father. What does he say? He said to him, son, you're ever with me and all that I have is yours. It was meet or it was necessary that we should make merry and be glad For this, your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Now I want you to notice there in verse 30 also, the older brother wouldn't call his younger brother his brother. He called him your son. You ever gone to God, talk about one of his sons to him or daughters? You didn't call him my brother or my sister. God, do you know what so-and-so has done to me? Do you know what they're doing, God? Hmm? That's your brother or sister in Christ you're talking to God about. Now remember, the, Jesus said, the words that I speak are not my own, but the Father's. Look, at, look, at the, look how the Father operates here. He's a loving, compassionate God. He's a giving Father. Amen. Now we don't know the story of what happened after this. We don't know the talk that the father had with the son when he got back. But we know what did he do? He restored him. He restored him. Put the robe on him. Put a ring on his finger. Restored him in front of the entire family. Amen. Threw a party and rejoiced. He's a good God. It's a good father. You know, Daniel eleven thirty two says this, they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. They that do know their God. Knowing the Father. Knowing the Father. I'm just, I'm just really impressed of God in these. You know, how many of you realize and, and would agree with me that we are in the last of the last days, it would appear, right? If they were the last days then, how many, how many you know, it's, it's we're in the later of the last days than they were. But it's going to take us, all of us, to be able to do and accomplish. Because there's this, this is not a time. Listen, I realize things look like they're getting darker and darker out in the world. And they are. But here's the great thing about it. The light shines brighter where it's darkest the most. And this is a time of great miracles, signs, and wonders are going to be done. But it's not going to be done without opposition and without persecution. But when we know who the Father is. Jesus over and over said, the Father who has sent me, the Father who has sent me, the Father who has sent me. When we know who the Father is and we know what he has sent us to do, we will be strong and do exploits. Get to know the Father. Spend time with him. One of the great ways, Pastor Hagen preached about this morning, pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Glory to God. Pray, pray, speak forth those mysteries unto God. Your understanding is unfruitful. But because, because how be it in the Spirit? As you says you speak forth mysteries. You're not speaking unto men, but unto God. Oh, what a, great, what a great weapon we have. Praying in the Spirit. Isaiah said, this is the refreshing. Praying in the Spirit. Singing in the Spirit. Giving glory to God. Ever being filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So getting to know the father, getting to know him, I went through and I, I, I didn't realize it, but I started, I went through here and this Bible had never done it before and underlined every time. Now not just the word father, but what's capitalized as far and refers to God. And I was amazed at how many scriptures there are in the Bible and especially in John's gospel about the fatherhood of God and Jesus, we're talking about God as, our, as the father. But you know, how many of you know, God wants to be a father to all of us. He tells us to come out from among them. And he said, I will be a father unto you. He wanted to be a father unto Israel, yet they were rebellious. But he still worked through them and brought the Messiah into the earth. Why did Jesus come? Because the father so loved the world. The father loves the world. And it's not just, listen, that scripture just doesn't say the Father loves Christians, folks. It says God loves the whole world. The whole world. We're told to be imitators of God. Look at, look at Ephesians chapter 5. This might be our last scripture for tonight. 5, 1 and 2. Ephesians five verse one and two: Be therefore followers of God, as dear children. Many translations today say imitators of God. How many of how you ever? How many of you parents have ever seen your children do something that you do? And it is appalling. Sometimes you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, you're like, oops. <laughs> you ask God for crop failure on that one, okay, God wipe that out. But you know, children imitate their parents. We're to be an imitator of God. Well, God's a father and do what? And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. You know, sometimes we think about what Jesus did and the sacrifice that he made, but we forget the sacrifice of the father It's obvious that this is God the Father's plan because Jesus said, look, Father, your will be done, not mine. Your will be done. God, the plan of redemption, the plan of Jesus shedding his blood for each and every one of us, for Jesus being separated from God. My God, my God. He could have said this way, my Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? Listen, if you've ever felt forsaken by an earthly parent, I'm telling you, God, through Jesus Christ, Jesus bore that for you. But he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But at the end, he said, Father, into your hands do I commend my spirit. And how many of you know when the price was paid, God raised Jesus from the dead? Amen. And when God raised Jesus from the dead, that meant this. You and I are free from all of Satan's domain, all of his dominion. Glory to God. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Aren't you glad? Why is that? Because of the Father, the Father God. God had a plan. The Father had a plan. And he loves the whole world. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all would come to a knowledge of the truth even though some will perish, it's not God's will. It's not God's will. Amen? And when we get to know God and we know how he is, then we can start acting like God. I think about this. Knowing the Father helps me to think like the Father, helps me to act like the Father, helps me to talk like the Father. Jesus said, no man knows the Father but the Son. Why was Jesus the perfect imprint of God the Father? Because he knew him. But then he told us, he said, Father, this is eternal life that they might know you and your, own, and your son, Jesus. Amen? To know him, to know him is to live eternal life. Not just, for et- not just life that lasts for eternity, but life that God is life. To really live in the life that God has for us, we need to get to know the Father. So I encourage you to spend time in his word, spend time in prayer, Seek after God as you would for a hidden treasure. Spend time praying, going to God. But the highest form of prayer, remember this, is just worship. Praise and worship. You're not asking God for anything, just worship. And don't forget to talk to the Father. He wants to talk to you, wants to hear from you. Father, we just thank you tonight. We give you praise and honor for your word. Lord God, tonight we do want to know you. We want to know you, Father. Father. We want to know your goodness and your faithfulness. You are an awesome God. And Father, you are loved. You are loved and you love us unconditionally. May, may we know that. But may we also know that it's not just for us, it's for the whole world. Help us to see the world the way that you see them. To see those that have not called upon your name yet as you see them. To see those who have called upon your name, but like that one son have gone out and wasted what they've gotten, but still to see them as you see them. Help us ever to be ready with a robe of restoration and a ring of significance to place on our brothers and our sisters. Who need forgiveness, who need restoration. Thank you, Father. When Jesus was on the earth, He said for us to pray to you, Father, that you would send laborers forth into the harvest. The harvest is ripe, Lord God. Thank you for sending laborers. Thank you, Father God, for raising up men and women. to to know you and to love the way you love and do the works that you do. But like the prophet said, Lord, here am I, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. Father, I worship you and praise you give you glory and honor. You just lift your hands right where you are right now and just begin to thank the Father. Talk to the Father, God. You're our Father. Oh, we love you, Father, God. Father, God. Your Spirit is in us, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. That all that Jesus did, he did by your will. That all he accomplished, he accomplished by your plans. We're healed by his stripes because you decided that that's how it happened. Our sins are forgiven by the shedding of his blood because you made the plan. We thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up, if you would, please. Glory to God. Our prayer team's coming on down right now. I encourage you every day to talk to the Father God. I know you can have times of prayer, but just how about just being in an attitude of prayer all day long? Just talk to the Father. Listen for His voice by the leading of his, His Spirit to lead us and guide us. Amen. And we're not orphans any longer, glory to God. We have a Father. Hallelujah. If you need prayer tonight, come on down, ladies, to the ladies, men, to the men. We encourage you. We'll see you back on Wednesday night, Hour of Power, and then next Sunday. Uh, don't forget Sunday morning, Pastor Hagen, and then uh, Sunday night at 6. But then the rest of the services during Camp Meeting, are they 7.30? 7.30, I believe. They're later. They're not the 6. Sunday night, 6 o'clock. But the rest of the services. So ten, I believe it's ten, ten two thirty seven, ten two thirty seven thirty. Now those of you that are watching us online, online folks, if you can't get here, you turn into tune into all those services. All right, you get involved, get your Bible out there where you are, and at ten o'clock, if you can, at two thirty, at seven thirty, get your Bible ready and get ready to have. Uh, hear the word of God, you know, and if we jump, you jump. If we shout, you shout. If we run, you run. Just watch out there. You got furniture in there, you know, be careful, but we know it'll be be a great time. All right. Don't forget to sign up, help us out. Everybody, if you could uh, help us out in one service, it'd all get done. God bless you. We'll see you back on Wednesday night.